Hello and welcome. George Hofford, Local Matters, coming to you. Uh, a great program designed to, to share with our audience the who and the more about the citizens of our community and region who daily contribute to the tapestry and uh, in a lot of ways that a lot of us aren't even aware of. And so today we've got a, a part two program, which we do occasionally because we had so much good stuff here a few weeks ago, we couldn't get it all in. And we've got Michael Akins, good friend, colleague for, gosh, 20 years, so Michael. Years. I watched you grow up, you yep. know, is yep. uh, grow on, you know. Yep. So we're, uh, Michael is the lead economic developer for Tennessee Tech. Uh, specifically, he's director for the Center for uh, Rural Innovation. Right. Uh, been there since the early days, and we're going to spend a little time with that. Sure. So welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I really appreciate yeah. it. What we want to do today, we, we want to quick kind of re, recap a little bit about mm-hmm. you and who you are and born and where you are. But I, we really want to spend time talking about today and now and what you're doing and then the future. Yeah. So this is your program. My mm-hmm. job is to listen, which is, extre- I always say, extremely <laughs> difficult for me. I'm a yapper, as people can see. So let's start there. Just kind of sure. let's go back to day part one and bring us up today. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So, you know, what we talked about last time is, uh, you know, I was, you know, around high school. I was a serial entrepreneur. I mowed lawns, yeah. cleaned out gutters, anything I could do to make a buck. Um, and that, you know, really kind of persisted on through my college days where I actually ran two businesses while I was in college. That's amazing. Actually helped me figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I had a uh, graphic design business and also had a uh, concert production company, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, bringing artists from all around the world into little old Boone, North Carolina that while is. I was there at Appalachian <laughs> State. And so through that process, I, you know, learned to, uh, to become, a, I guess, what you'd call a businessman, a marketer, so sure, to speak. Sure, at a very young uh, age. Yeah, you know, because I realized, you know, I was already running the business, and I realized about halfway through my university experience, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's words and studies for what I'm doing already. You know, there's, I'm doing accounting. Oh, my gosh, I had no idea I was doing accounting. You That's know, right. I'm just doing the books because you got yeah. to. But anyhow, so I, you know, once I, once I left the university and graduated with a marketing degree, Came back to my hometown of Athens, Tennessee. I had some friends that were professionally trained chefs. They'd opened up a bakery. Called me up and said, we have no idea how to run this thing. We are <laughs> bakers. We just want to bake. We want to That's be right. in the back. That's Would right. you come run this thing? And I said, sure. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years, and that was was really interesting because, you know, one, being able to run a business and, and being able to grow it. And, uh, you know, but, you know, about two years in, I started thinking, well, there, there's probably more to do. I'd really like to do something that's, you know, while I was definitely using my marketing degree, I wanted to do something with my marketing. Sure. I wanted to I wanted to have a real career. So, uh, you know, luckily I was able to answer a ad in the paper for because you know we look for jobs in the paper back in the day before of the course, internet what I remember it, was what it was or what it is now. And uh, so, long story short, I got hired at Tennessee Tech. I started on November the second, two thousand five. Started doing various economic development projects through that. So anything from creating videos to attract retirees and businesses to wow. uh, McMinnville, for example, and other places. And, you know, did some education marketing. Um, but ultimately what we've always done at Tech is, is one way or another we've done some type of economic development. And, and for quite a while, you know, it was helping and, and still is. 
was helping small businesses. Sure. And, you know, so we were at the Business Media Center, which uh, a lot of people may know that now yep. is the iCube. We started out yep, in the, in the college that. business. Yep. And uh, then we built the iCube when President Oldham came on board. And, uh, you know, we just really exploded from there. I mean, we got into, you know, we've always helped small businesses, but I mean, we were getting into, uh, you know, uh, working with the governor's highway safety office, helping people. Uh, you know, drive better. Chattanooga you know, Museum. Uh, we we worked extensively with um, uh, with with the aquarium down in Chattanooga. Yeah, virtual reality. Yep, we did virtual reality. Oculus. I mean, all this yep. stuff. I don't really understand. Yeah, we we did all kinds of things. Cutting edge. You know, and I you know I wouldn't profess to be a, an expert at it either, but I knew what it was and and what the capabilities were, and so my marketing degree, of course, kicked in, and uh, I, mean, I was able to sell projects because we're self funded up there. Wow, let me ask you: Did you yep. did did you ever fathom or realize just what a match Tennessee <laughs> Tech uh, was and is for you? Um, I mean, you, when your your background back then said, "Because no. this is who we are as right. a region, right? We're, we're small business, yeah, entrepreneurs, and here comes yep. Michael Aiken." Well, I'll I'll tell you one. Uh, just, Complete transparency. So back in 2005, uh, my, my former boss, Kevin Liska, Love uh, who, Kevin, yeah. who was my boss for 12 years, and, uh, of course, he'd hate me saying boss. He'd, he'd rather me call him a partner or a colleague. I understand. Or, you know I get how that. Kevin is. But anyhow, thank you, Kevin, for everything. But at the time when I came up and interviewed, um, what Kevin offered me at the time is he said, well, we've only have, we can only do a six-month contract. There's no guarantees after that. And uh, if that's something that you want and take it, then, then go for it. So I, I went back and I, I talked to my dad. I remember like it was yesterday. We we're eating tacos, watching Seinfeld. And I told him, I said, I said, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. That's I, I don't know where Cook. You know, I'd only been to Cookville once well, for sure. the interview. I, you know, I don't know where Cookville is. Um, they're only offering six months. I don't know. And he put his taco down, looked at me, and he said, uh, he said, they're, they're offering you a job. And I said, yeah. And he said, for, for money. You're going to work there for money. I said, yeah. And he said, you better get your butt up there. Get on. Get to, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, if it don't work out after six months, it's you can okay. figure it out. Give it's it okay. Shot. Get out of the house. So I went up, and I did my six-month contract. That turned into another six-month contract. That turned into a oh, year contract. it just contract. exploded. Yeah. And then it turned into a full salaried position. And then literally um, – 18 and a half years later, you wow. know, here I am sitting talking to you. And, and now, I mean, my gosh, I'm so glad that he told me to get up here and do it because, you, you know, know. I, I just, you, you never know. At the time I saw, yes, I saw the connection with what they were doing at the business media center and what I'd been doing. Your skills I had a lot of, yeah, I had a lot of media skills and I was designing and all that. And that's a lot of stuff that we were, that we were doing, you know, web pages and all that. So yeah, I saw the connection for sure, but I didn't understand at the time what that actually meant for the region and what we can do as a university for Cookville, for the Upper Cumberland, and yeah. by and, and large now for the entire state. And really for Tennessee Tech. And I, for Tennessee I Tech, I remember too, going to the early IQ meetings. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, and there's all these bright, yeah. interdisciplinary, I can't yep. say, disciplinary right. students. Right. Because it, it transcends everything, everything. we do. So, We've got, they've got students from every college up there, every background, and it's, you know, diversity. And when I say diversity, I mean, I truly mean not the traditional sense of diversity, although we'd have that, but we diversity have, meaning we've got English people working oh, with, oh. Um, you know, English majors working with nursing majors, working with engineers, working with computer sciences, and everybody has, in, like in the real world, yeah. everybody has their role, everybody has their part, so... 
little late with this, but George Hofford uh, with Michael Aikens. Uh, I'm going to learn this stuff one of these days. Local matters, learning more about things like Oculus and iCube and virtual reality and state-of-the-art at Tennessee Tech. Yep. Let's move on. I, I got that in. Yeah, okay. so, you know, so, you know, doing all that stuff, you know, in my background and then coming to tech and doing that, doing it ultimately, you know, started with the Business Media Center, went over to IQ. We really exploded with uh, virtual reality and things like that. And then uh, about 2017, um, I actually got an opportunity and ultimately, you know, fortunately but unfortunately, I had to leave the IQ, but I wrote a grant. And so what that did is that that helped us to start the Center for Rural Innovation, which we talked about which last time. Which is really a pioneer. Um, for the state of Tennessee, yeah, yeah there's there's really nothing like it. The- yeah, in the state of Tennessee, there's absolutely nothing like it. And then there's you know when we were starting it, we were looking at there's a, there's a place in Indiana, uh, there's one in West Virginia, but there's really nothing like what we actually started. And you know when we started it, we we started out with again we we wanted to work with small businesses, so we hire student interns. And the student interns on a project basis, they will go and help small businesses oh, with their needs. So website, product, it's a perfect match yeah. for our region and yeah. who we are. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And, it, you know, it helps the businesses reach their next business goal. The students get a little money in their pocket, which is always great. But more importantly, they're getting that real world career ready experience. Um, and then that also helps Tennessee Tech to, to have, you know, our economic development imprint on on our community. I think a key word we glossed over a while ago, I did, was self-supporting with grants, yep. with, with your entrepreneur, yep. with the small, small yep. bit. Yeah. Yep. You're running a very successful, meaningful program at no cost to the, to, to the taxpayer. That is absolutely correct. So everything that we do, not a single dime, not a single penny comes out of tuition. It doesn't come out of anything the students pay. It doesn't come out of Tennessee taxpayers' money. Um, I, I guess, technically speaking, you could draw a dotted line to taxpayer money because we we operate on on well, grants, sure. so you it's got to come and, from somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you pay, know, you, but we're not. I mean, this is not something that you know the school is is subsidizing, and that's what's really unique about Center for Rural Innovation and iCube is is still around. I was actually meeting with them this morning on some cool projects, and the thing about it is, is both of us are one hundred percent self funded, so. You know, going back to that entrepreneurial spirit that I've had, you know, all of my life, that's literally, I'm that's basically, who you are. That's we're who basically you are. running a small business inside of the university. We're not anybody that's listening from <laughs> auditing or anything like that. It's not a small business. I want to stress that, but it's like that because we, we hire employees, we buy supplies, um, oh, oh. we have operations and every single bit of it is from money that we've been able to either raise on grants or donors. And then you you start in business. These people yep. start business. That's correct. That's Pay correct. taxes, yep. hire employees, hire employees, create jobs. That's what we're all about. And are you st- are you seeing this concept being exported now to other universities? Um, a little bit. So one of the, it takes a commitment. It, it does. It does. And I, I think that. So I guess the way that I would answer that is is we're still very, very unique in, in what we do. Now, other universities, of course, they have research centers, which we also do a lot of research, which they we'll talk about. They have parts of it, right? Um, they, have, they have aspects of it, but we have really carved out something completely unique. And what's interesting is actually I go – I travel around the country and speak about the yes, model yes, that we've started. Yes. And we show other universities, other small business development centers, and other places how to replicate this model because – 
even though we're unique, what's interesting in the in our aspect is that this is not a secret. I, I want to no. give this to everybody. You know, as you were talking, it reminds me of other programs we were doing, like workforce development. Mm-hmm. We tell people like that, don't go back and try it in your own hometown unless you're really ready. Right, exactly. Uh, George Hofford with Michael Akins, uh, back soon. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back. George Hofford with Michael Akins talking about uh, small business, entrepreneurial, uh, who we are and who Michael is as a still a young entrepreneur, Michael, Thank and uh, the director of our lead economic developer for Tennessee Tech. Right. Uh, let's, let's, get, let's do a little more specific. Okay. There are stories I'm sure you've got out the kazoo about things that you've been involved in, sure. things that success stories. Yep. Can we just spend some time talking yeah. about what you've been doing and your, your organization of as course. you have grown? Yeah, I'll be happy to. So I'm going to take this in multiple levels. So we work literally from the university to the region, to the state, to the nation, sure. and the world, right? So I'll start out kind of small and I'll go big. So, you know, I, I've talked all about, you know, entrepreneurs and small businesses. We help them, but through that work, we realized not too long ago that we can actually help chambers of commerce, and we can help a lot of businesses. All big same. need, it, big, uh, big need. need. So we work with all fourteen chambers of commerce here in the Upper Cumberland. That's great. Um, and so that really is able to for us to proliferate our our services out through there. We also do a lot of tourism stuff. So we do this all across the state. We're actually partnered with the State Department of Tourist That's Development. That's great. And what we do is we go into communities, particularly ones that are in in counties that are either distressed or at risk. And, you know, tourism is the number two largest industry in the state. But, well, and, you know, the the tourism assets that we have, by and large, those tourism assets are in rural communities. That's right. So these distressed counties, these at-risk counties, they – don't many times have the the necessary resources to be able to to broadcast you know their resources and assets out to the world. I mean, everybody around here knows about you know Cummins Falls, but well, Jackson I mean, County how does how does Jackson County broadcast that out to somebody in California, for example? Right. They need a brand, and so a brand starts everything. So so we go in and we work with communities, and we actually create our graphic design student interns create brands. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. So we've done this across the state, literally from Bolivar to Mountain City. We've done 20 of them so far. And what we do is we go into the communities and the we require the communities to come up with a collective uh, representation of about 15 to 20 residents. So you've got anything from the county mayor to the chamber president to a retiree to an educator. 
so right. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a diverse amount of, of people and, and backgrounds. And what we do is we go in and we, we provide them with a presentation on what branding is and also what it is not because a lot of people don't completely understand what branding is. So we educate them on what that is. But what we're actually doing through that is we're asking them questions and we're act- actively listening. So we're asking them, what assets do you have here? You've know, got waterfalls, rivers. You know, What are you known for? What makes you unique? What differentiates you? What colors represent you? Because you know, we, right. we go into towns and a lot of times you know, it'll start out with, well, our high school colors are – you know, this, this, that, and the other. And that's not really your tourism brand. You know, that's your hometown brand. Yeah, it's like brand. football. Right, right. Every team's got their logos yep. and colors. Yep. It's no different for a community. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. we talk to them about that, and then we bring that information back, and we have our we have our Ph.D. students really analyze what are they actually saying. We come up with themes and commonalities, and then we then once we've done that, once we figure out, okay, here's what they were really telling us, we then give that to our graphic designers, and they make a full-on professional branding package that gives them not only their colors, but a lot of people may not realize, you know, what red is red, right? And, and yes, right. There's, there are 16.7 million different versions of red, and so in so, branding, you want it to you be just consistent. don't slap a red right, exactly. On that. Yeah. And so we provide them with the Pantone, the hex colors, and the RGB values. And if you don't right. understand what that means, it doesn't matter. Doesn't that's matter. just that's a way to describe that particular red so it's consistent across the board. So we help them with that. And then, you know, what we've also been getting into a lot here recently is economic impact analysis. And basically what that means is take, for example, let's say you've got a business um, in Cookville. So what does a business do? Like you said earlier, they hire people, they pay them, they buy supplies, right? So just right there with those two things, when you hire somebody and you pay them, what is that employee going to do? They're going to go and pay rent, they're going to pay taxes, they're going to buy gas, all of those things, and they commit to the local economy, right? So another thing that businesses do is they have to buy supplies, so they buy supplies from other businesses. And what we're able to do is we're able to measure and quantify what that economic impact is because there's a rippling effect on the community, um, from them doing business. So we we do tradition those are traditional economic impact analyses. So for example, we are working with um, uh, Marshall County's mayor right now and they're mm-hmm. trying to attract a, a large industry in town and they so need you to, get them. Yeah, right. They want to incentivize them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all about incentivizations. Oh, yeah. If if people listening don't basically we want to give them tax cuts or or tax incentives if they'll move to this particular area. We um, you know, chambers of commerce also do that, or maybe they want to apply for grants that are going to help them with infrastructure. So mm-hmm. these grants that they apply to, they're going to need to know, well, what what is the overall impact? Why would this agency want to actually give the grant to entice this company to move here? Well, it's going to create X amount of economic impact. Well, yeah. the thing about it is, is these things, these economic impact analyses, they cost on the low end $20,000. Oh, sure. On the normal end, about 125000 We do them one hundred percent free, Michael. If you remember during the early years of mm-hmm. what we're talking about, it was our. We were so excited for what y'all were about mm-hmm. to do because every time the chamber would endorse a road, a new business park, mm-hmm. a new con- a convention center, yeah. you, you'd have to appear before government bodies right. and have some type of economic yep. impact. We yep. weren't set up to do that. Yep. We could not. Most chambers are and you, and can't afford. Nope to hire these con- no. firms to do this. No, so. you know, I've got county mayors literally coming to me and they'll say, "Michael, I invested $20,000 into this project with taxpayer funds 
I've got to get an economic impact analysis for my council that shows the return on the investment. It's going to cost me $40,000 to do That's the right. impact study. What am I supposed to do? Come to Tennessee Tech. We'll take care of you. And really, we're not talking about something an inch thick. Right. You're talking about just right. basic economic yep. that – County, exactly. That, that people can yep. – lay, lay people yep. can understand. Exactly, and that's exactly what we do. We translate it into understandable Common means. sense, this mm-hmm. is return on investment. Exactly, exactly. So we can say for every taxpayer dollar invested into this tourism asset or this business incentive, here's what that dollar turned into. Could be fifteen dollars. Usually, what we see a lot of times is a one to fifteen investment yeah. ratio. And what we did at the end, I'm stopped talking way mm-hmm. too much. We said, just give me three or four numbers, and right. we can tell you what right. your incentive plan will be yep. based on your company, what right. your type of business, your right. average, average wage. You know. Yep. So this is this is really adding value yep. Yep. to economic development. Exactly. And so not only does it add value to the community, as we always say at Tech, we put students first, and students are doing the impact analyses. So they're getting that experience. That is, that's wonderful. I them, mean, how awesome is that? They can go to a hiring manager. They can put in their resume. This hiring manager's got three resumes. They've all got the same GPA. They've all got the same major. Guess which one that person's going to hire? The one that has done four economic impact analyses. Yeah. And just think you're a chamber in this state or country, and you don't have the funds, and yep. you, you hire a tech grad that can come and intern with you for a little yep. while. and be, It's yep. on-the-job training to do what – you would have to couldn't afford to pay for real world skills based. Yeah, it's so, exactly what we do. So everybody wins. So Every we have really wins. benefited from. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have, but to let our public know that we're not just pulling numbers out of the air no. as we recruit no. business and no. projects. No, there's there reasons is, for it. There is reasons for it. Also, there is a literal science and methodology behind it. You know, I'm kind of just you know for the radio show. I'm not going too terribly far into it, but this is a highly involved process that literally has science, databases, um, statistical analysis. It's cool. I want to come back when we come back mm-hmm. to, to the orphan child of economic development, tourism, <laughs> yeah. and how it's been the overlooked. And sure. uh, we'll come back in, uh, after just a short break. George Hawford with Michael Aikens, uh, Local Matters, back soon. George Hawford with Michael Aikens. Let's, Michael, let's pick up uh, – where we le- where we left off just a little while ago, and talk about the unsung hero or the I won't, I'll say the orphan child instead of the, what I what I want to <laughs> say of economic development that that we've experienced and only in recent years, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, and I mean it's not just here, but only in, are we beginning to really understand the economic impact of visitors, tourism, mm-hmm. people who come, li- spend money, and go home. So it's huge. let's talk about that sure. and how you've helped. Uh, but just talk about the – that's probably been the, one of the biggest impacts you've had. Probably so. You know, for, I the, think, for communities and right, chambers and right. CNVBs. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think I'll set the stage by saying, you know, I said earlier, tourism in Tennessee is the second largest industry, right, which is great. However – as I mentioned earlier, you know, these distressed and at-risk communities, they're the ones that have most of the tourism assets. Unless you're going to Broadway on Nashville, you want to see a waterfall. You want to go down the Caney. You want to do whatever. You've got mountains and hiking. And I don't have to explain to people that live in Tennessee. we got a lot of, but the, of, the of assets. Right? The infrastructure is not there. The infrastructure is not there. And it's, it's, it's really not there to be able to market. And, you know, no, when no. we first started, when I first started telling people we're going to go heavy into tourism, 
and helping not only with the branding and the advertising, but also measuring the impact. They said, well, well, why would you do that? I mean, uh, that's, you know, that's already there. They already have no. the mountains and the streams. Well, yeah, you know about it, but people, other people don't. You know, a lot of people, even within in Tennessee, there's a no. lot of things people don't know about. You we know, when take it for granted. They take it for granted. And a lot of people think, oh, well, Smoky Mountains, yeah, everybody knows about that or great, you know, whatever. But do you know about the Caney Fork? Maybe we do. People in West Tennessee, do they know about that? People in Ohio, do they know about that? That's one of the best places to trout fish, to uh, oh. you know, kayak on a summer day, on and on and on. People don't know about that. How do you get it out there? You got to have a brand, and then once you've you know worked with us to get a brand or anybody to get a brand, you advertise and you're bringing tourists in. What a lot of people don't realize is that tourists actually reduce tax burdens on residents. That's because right. Because tourists come in. What does the tourist do when they come and visit us from out of state or from from West Tennessee? They're going to buy gas. They're going to shop in shops. They're going to dine in the restaurants. That's all helping support our local businesses. And when they're every time that they make a purchase, they're paying nine point seven five percent on that. And I can't tell you. Actually, I literally could, but for the purposes of the radio show, it's the 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 impact that those taxes have on our population is almost immeasurable and it's it it is measurable it's what we do but it's it it goes far and wide and it's not just taxes either it's you know with that restaurant they're always looking for that next customer you've got a tourist right there that's hungry feed them and guess what if you have a good experience you see this brand and you come into we'll say jackson county or wherever it may be b rock anywhere around here that we've worked on brands you know you see that brand it, it resonates with you you come in you experience that hometown feel that oh. that brand put out there. You have that wonderful meal at Seven Senses or wherever. You want to come back, and guess what else you're going to do? You're going to tell other people about it. You're Bunch going to post on people. social you're media. You're going to go home and tell people. So that's why I say it's almost immeasurable. Now, we can measure pretty well what is the tax return, what's the return on investment, and how well did, did tourism actually support our businesses. But what you can't really measure is what is that rippling effect? How is that exponential growth? of people having a great time and putting it on social media, telling their friends about it, and then their friends come, and then they have a good time, and they oh. tell other people. It it builds It's and all builds. connected. It's all connected. Every single bit of it's connected. And one quick one. I've already talked yep. way too much. Uh, Burgess Falls mm-hmm. used to be a, a, a local waterfall. Right. And I've heard in the last several years it has become a, a multi-state destination. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people. That's Literally. just one waterfall. Just one waterfall of the many that we have here. And how do we help our communities promote those assets? And, and also, there's 52 weeks in a year. You've yep. got hotels yep. that need occupancy. That's right. what TWSAA right. was about. Yep. That's what the hog rally. Exactly. Trying to fill these rooms up through yep. events. Yep, through events. When, um, when people aren't normally traveling. Right, exactly, exactly. And so we, we really help to, uh, to not only help with the advertising, but once they've gotten there, what was that impact? And then how can we do it bigger and better next time? That's right. George Hawford with Michael Akins talking really now about how the rubber really meets the mm-hmm. road. We're learning that these people are traveling and spending money, and mm-hmm. and it's econ- it's it's dollars and cents. Yeah, it's literal dollars and cents, and it's also it's also hometown feel. It's historical preservation. It's you know when we work with communities, one of the main concerns that we hear is they'll say we know we need tourists we know we need those tax and business incentives however 
we're going to have all these people, new people coming to our town. We don't want to lose our way of life. Well, guess what? You're not going to. No. And that's what we do with the branding process is that hometown feel, that good you keep the, home feel, yeah. we keep that in the brand. That's what. That's why we actively yeah. listen to them because we're not going in there and saying, hey, we're Tennessee Tech and we know all the answers because we don't. No. But we're going to talk but, to you and we're going to find it out together. But you don't really give our new residents a chance to, re- to figure – they come into a brand. They come into yep. a culture. That's correct. That they that they're there for a reason. Yeah, they're there for a reason. You know, and when I give the the branding presentation and teach them what branding is and isn't, one of the core aspects of branding that we talk about is that you want to be able to align your values with potential visitors, their values, right? So, and I give them an example. I show them a few logos. And I want to get their opinions on the feelings that those logos evoke because the logos that I choose are very um, – uh, well, I'll just explain it this way. I show them a logo of Las Vegas, and I say sure, – it's well, cutting-edge yeah, stuff. It, right, it's younger, right? Right. right. Well, it may be or, it may it, or maybe be. not be. Maybe it's yeah. – you know, maybe we're more of a retiree community and we want to attract people that have values that are aligned with the 50- to 75-year-old segment. And what I do is, like I was saying, I'll show them a logo of Las Vegas, and it's very polarizing because some of them will be like, oh, yeah, it's Vegas, you know, gambling, Sin City, it's awesome. And other people are like, oh, that's gambling in Sin City. We I would never be there. Yeah. And guess what? That's okay because marketing and branding is all about targeting and finding the people that share your same values that's and interests. That's it. We're not trying to attract people that want to go to Vegas. We're not trying to be a Vegas. Not that there's anything wrong or not wrong with Vegas. It's that's we're not Vegas, and that's okay. That's right. So to bring it around a little bit more, I'll, I'll then show them a logo of Gatlinburg, also very polarizing. Some people are like, "Oh, it's nostalgia. It's great. It's po-, you know, uh, you know, black bears and mountains." And other people are like, "Long lines and spray painted shirts," and that's okay. Uh, not everybody wants not to go to Gatlinburg. Wants- they don't have to bring the people that want to resonate with what you have to offer. Your hometown feel, your waterfalls, your whatever. They're going to come. They're going to resonate with the brand. They're going to have a great experience. They're going to spend money. They're going to want to come back. They're going to want to tell all their friends about it, and it's just this rippling circular effect. You have options. Exactly. You don't always have to go to Gatlinburg to go to the Smokies, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yep. Come down to historic Gainesboro. Go to the marina. Go have some some custard. Go Go uh, go to the hundred-and-something state parks. Go to the hundred-and-something state parks. And the other thing, too. Hours drive. Right. And, well, I'm glad that you said that. I'm getting the numbers. Well, it's it's, uh, depending on where you go, but I'm glad that you said that. He, I don't know of another state that has that. We, place. we have a lot of national parks. We've got we've got uh, we've got state parks. And what's interesting too that you kind of made me think about is that while yes, we are creating brands for individual communities, what we also encourage them to do is work together because tourists don't know county lines. Like a tourist That's doesn't right. know right. I'm in Jackson County now. I'm in Clay County. That's what they right. know is Cummins Falls. They know Dale Hollow Lake. Right. So let's work together. Utilize our brands together and attract and share in the pie. That's day what we're trips. really – Yeah, day trips. From Cookville, yeah. for instance. Stay or, in Cookville and go as a or, hub or Crossville yeah. or, or wherever it may be. Or yeah. What are your interests? At the caverns in Grundy County. You know, yeah. you can go to Mont Eagle. You can go to Chattanooga. There's all kinds of things to do. So, you know, it's it's we really want people working together and not in silos. And I think that's really one of the keys to our success, kind of bringing it all around, is, is we're not working in silos. Like I told you earlier, I mean, it's, you know, the, the Center for Rural Innovation – our model, I put it out everywhere. I write about it. I speak about it all over the country. It's one thing to tell people about it. It's a whole other thing to actually do it. 
But what we do is we show them how we do it, and then more importantly, we show them how can you adapt it for your situation because a place in uh, the last place I spoke, well, one of the last places I spoke was in San Diego, and but I had people from literally all over the country there, and we talked about what does this look like in Austin, Texas? What does this look sure. like in sure. rural Colorado? Sure. You know, things of that nature. And it's, you know, it really what we've done is we've customized it for our region and for the people of Tennessee. Let me ask you a question that the, the changing culture, the generational change, mm-hmm. my generation, probably yours, you graduate from school and you got to go to the big cities. Sure. Are we beginning to see uh, trends and data that says yes. these bright young people want to be like yeah. in a Cookville and yep. close to the urban areas, but still want to retain yep. this? Are you are you seeing that? Yeah. So the word for that is the urban exodus. Uh, the urban exodus. The okay. urban exodus, and is a very real thing. We one of my PhD students a couple of years ago actually studied that quite a bit, and what we are seeing is everybody knows it's kind of the joke. Well, not joke, but it's, you know, a lot of people talking about, oh, these Californians moving in or whatever. Well, it's a real thing. They are moving in from California. They are leaving because of high taxes. Uh, some people are leaving for political beliefs. Uh, some people are not. I don't want to paint a broad stroke or anything. But there's a lot of different reasons. People, and, but they're coming in from New York, Chicago, everything, because they want to get to these rural areas guess what? for a better quality life. They have, we have a lot in common we with sure this. Do. Great cult. What additions we're I've got some good friends now from California, Michigan, mm-hmm. last year or two yep. that they're they're here because of what we've the brand of what we've got. They absolutely are, and they're here because they want to be here. They have found us. How did they find us? Because of the brand, the because, brand, the marketing, the exactly because of our reputation. We're a very business friendly state. Yep. We have a low tax base. We have a lot of really great things going for us. And Quality it's of life, cost of live, all the, all the climate, things. the location. Yep. Hey, and if you want to go hang out on Broadway in Music City, you want to go see UT football, SEC football, you want to go down T-Pack. to Atlanta. Yeah, T-Pack, you can do that. Do whatever. You can do all yeah. the things you want and you live right here. Man, I wish we had a third segment, <laughs> Michael, but uh, – what a great, another great, we got a lot of stories. You have a lot of stories to tell. George Alford, Michael Akins, TTU, thank you very much for a great day, program. Well, George, thank you so much for allowing me to come on, and I really appreciate it. And anytime you want me back, be right here. We got it.